0: Welcome to Native America Calling, I'm Sean Spruce. Ahani tribal member Tesha Hawley faced many challenges after receiving a breast cancer diagnosis, such as the 400 mile round trips she frequently made for treatment, which created both financial and emotional burdens. The ordeal has motivated her to help other cancer patients on the Fort Belknap Reservation, struggling as she did with medical care access and food security. We'll hear more of Tesha Hawley's story after the news.
1: This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. Lake County says it will no longer provide law enforcement services on Northwest Montana's Flathead Reservation. Montana Public Radio's Aaron Bolton reports the decision follows a recent court ruling.
2: Lake County commissioners say the state should pay the county for law enforcement services on tribal lands but a judge ruled earlier this month that the state isn't required to do so. Lake County commissioners sent a letter to Governor Greg Gianforte reiterating the county will no longer oversee felony cases on the reservation. Commissioners issued a resolution earlier this year to withdraw from the decades-old agreement with the state and the Confederated Salish and Kootenai Tribes. State law requires Gianforte to recognize the decision by November 26th The state will eventually take over law enforcement services. Lawmakers this year passed a law allocating $2.5 million annually to Lake County. But Gene Forte vetoed the bill. Jean Forte's office says it will, quote, work with stakeholders to find the best path forward. CSKT declined to comment. In Columbia Falls, I'm Aaron Bolton.
1: A Montana woman and member of the Grovant tribe is one of CNN's top 10 heroes for 2023. Yellowstone Public Radio's Orlinda Worthington shares her story. Tesha
3: Hawley lives near Harlem, just north of the Fort Belknap Reservation where she grew up. It's a remote part of northeast Montana, 40 miles south of the Canadian border. It's where her journey to helping others began. Back in 2017,
4: I was diagnosed with breast cancer. I quickly realized that our
3: worlds don't communicate in the same way when it comes to health care. The life-saving treatment she needed several times a month was 200 miles away. Transportation in our community is the huge barrier. After her recovery, she started the Day Eagle Hope Foundation to help alleviate barriers for others.
4: There was a missing link in the services between our reservation community and the major hospitals in the state of Montana. They decided to really look at patient navigation and to connect these two worlds together so we could better understand each other.
3: Holly began the foundation with her own money and time during COVID-19. She now writes grants and has expanded services outside of healthcare.
4: care. I received $250,000 over the next two years to purchase locally, non-processed, traditional, organic food from our farmers and ranchers locally, that's both non-Indian and
3: Indian. It's efforts like these that prompted a friend to nominate Holly as a CNN hero. When she learned she was in the top 10, she tried to keep it quiet.
4: I just wanted to traditionally just humbly go about my business, do the work that needs to be done. And it wasn't until they explained to me that this could expose our work to other funders, which will in turn help my community. So
1: when I win, my whole community wins. In Billings, I'm Orlinda Worthington. The Hero of the Year will receive a cash prize. Voting can be done at CNNHeroes.com. Memorial services are planned for Monday in Anchorage, Alaska, for Gregory Golodoff, the last surviving prisoner of war, from Attu, a small Unungan village in the Aleutians. He was captured as a young boy during World War II by the Japanese Imperial Army, along with about 40 others who were sent to Japan as POWs. Only half survived. The rest were never able to return home. The federal government decided their island was no longer fit for habitation and moved them to Atka, Goladoff spent most of his life there. He was living in Anchorage with his wife when he died November 17th at age 84. I'm Antonia Gonzalez.
0: National Native News is produced by Kewanik Broadcast Corporation,
5: with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Support by BNSF Railway, proudly supporting the nation's economy by moving the goods that feed, supply, and power communities across the country. More at bnsf.com slash tribal relations. Support by Drummond Woodsum a full-service law firm whose nationally recognized tribal nations practice provides services to tribal nations and their enterprises and to companies that do business with tribes across the country. More at dwmlaw.com.
0: Native Voice 1, the Native American Radio Network. this is native america calling i'm sean spruce hosting today from anchorage alaska tesha Hawley's experience with breast cancer inspired her to start a nonprofit to address some of the iniquities facing the fort belknap reservation in montana tesha who is a an ani was a mother with a full-time job when she was diagnosed with breast cancer she took leave without pay and had to drive hundreds of miles for cancer treatment now, she's helping others in her community fight these health gaps, along with food and heating insecurity. Tesha Hawley joins us today as a native in the spotlight. We'll talk with her about her current community work that led to being a, earning a top 10 CNN Hero of 2023 award. We also want to hear from you. Is your experience with cancer treatment similar to Tesha's? Are you familiar with Tesha and her work? Please join our conversation by calling 1-800-996-2848. Our phone lines are open now. Joining us now from Fort Belknap Reservation in Montana is Tesha Hawley. She is the executive director of Day Eagle Hope Project and a top 10 CNN hero of 2023. She is A'ani, and she's also a good friend of mine. Tesha, welcome to Native American Calling, and congratulations.
4: Thank you, Sean, and I'm so honored to be able to be on Native American Calling today and it's i'm so thrilled to be here and so excited
0: well we're so excited to have you on the show i would just when our producers notified me last week that you were going to be our native in the spotlight you know we go back geez almost 10 years and uh this is just so so excited so exciting to, to learn more about this top 10 cnn hero of the year so tell us a little bit more i mean we know the basic story but but how did you get tapped by CNN for this huge huge honor and recognition
4: well I was uh, nominated out of hundreds of thousands of nominations to CNN about over a year ago Um, I was vetted for over a year by CNN they were doing background checks on me checking my social media checking my children's social media so it was pretty intense um they were doing a lot of things behind the scene uh i can only assume just making sure that i was legit that i'm true to my work and things like that so that's it's been a long process (laughs) a very long interesting process
0: and you couldn't say anything you had a total gag order
4: I had a total gag order, and I even had another total back gag order. I had to sign a non disclosure uh, when I was notified that I made the top ten, and so I I couldn't I couldn't tell anyone. Um, but I sent my mom a text, and I'm like, "Mom, what kind of dress would I look good in?" And then by then she already knew, <laughs> so I had to have her sign a non disclosure as well. And so it's been a crazy wild ride. <laughs>
0: okay so now that it's finally public everybody knows friends family community what are people saying what are you hearing
4: um well i work in the harlem public schools um and all of our kids here the teachers have showed it um the dodson public schools have showed it to their youth and the hayes Lodgeville public schools have showed the video to their to their students as well and so Hopefully I have a whole bunch of students and youth voting for me and everyone um, that I meet, they're like, we're voting for you. And so I just get out on social media and like remind everyone uh, they can vote up to uh, December 5th. And so we will know live on stage in New York, December 10th is when we will be announced um, and we will all be on stage. So now... It's just voting up to America, who's going to be the CNN hero of the year, which will be awarded a hundred thousand dollars, which will go back (laughs) into our nonprofit work.
0: (laughs) A hundred grand. Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. Tasha, this is just all so exciting. Now we go back. Um, we both did some work with Department of Interior uh, back about ten years ago. I think was when I first met you, and I remember I remember your diagnosis. I remember seeing you in Albuquerque at a meeting, and you shared that with me. And um, I, I, I know I knew it was traumatic. I knew it was it, it was tough, but. But when did this all come about? When did you pivot and and start Day Eagle Hope Project and just become such a huge huge ambassador for for not just your community but but all of Indian Country with regard to 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 cancer awareness and just all of these other just really cool mission driven projects and and priorities that that you're leading now through through this new work you're doing?
4: So um when I worked for Office of Special Trustees um, Land Buyback Program, it was only for four years, and I was at the end of my fourth year. I had just gotten laid off, and it was around Christmas time, and I was sitting at my table like, what am I going to do now? Where Where is my life going to take me? What am I gonna, going to do? And I sat down at my kitchen table with only $250 left in my checking account, and I pulled out, out my computer And I started going through uh, the application process with the state of Montana to become a nonprofit organization. And this is how Day Eagle Hope started, was literally with the last $250 in my checking account. And we've since grown. Um, Our first year in our nonprofit world, we were able to raise $2,500. And I can remember telling myself, I'm going to do this, and I'm going. To, no matter what it's going to take, I'm going to do this. And I was. I teamed up with Hopa Mountain, um, Bonnie Sacchatelli sorrier out of Bozeman. But it wasn't until after I was already had my articles of incorporation had already filed. I didn't know Hope existed to help Native nonprofits get started. So I was able to meet with her. Um, and in our second year, we we raised, I raised over 250,000 for our nonprofit world. And that was the time when COVID hit and things are really tough, tight, you know, funding was tight. And I just bared through it and did what I had to do to get through COVID.
0: Yeah. Jeez. So at that point you started the the foundation and here's what, what I find so inspiring, Tasha is, is sadly, so many people get diagnosed with cancer every year and some such as yourself are, are fortunate and you come through and other people don't, but the vast majority of people that, that do come through, they just go on with their lives or do it. But you, obviously you made like a complete life change in terms of, of your priorities and your values. And, and you chose to channel all of that energy into this whole vision of, of giving back to the community. And, um, what, what do you think it was? Why do you think you're you're different than maybe other cancer survivors and just just totally going all in on just giving back to the community at this point?
4: Well, for me, <clears throat> prior to my diagnosis of cancer, well, first of all, I was one of those people that said, "I don't fit the criteria. I don't have gen- I don't have the genetics. I don't have family. I'll never get cancer." And so I went about my life thinking this will never happen to me and then when I and I remember the day so well um I was on an outreach event in Blackfeet in Browning I swear I had 100 people standing in my line and I get a call from our nurse practitioner at IHS and she's like we need you to come in I'm like no I'm a social worker just I've been doing this my whole life, there's nothing that's going to shock me, and so they got the nurse practitioner and they're like, Are you sitting down? And I'm like, No, hold on a minute, let me step outside. So I stepped outside, and um, the nurse practitioner said, You've been diagnosed with breast cancer, and I'm like, What in the first and the first thing that came out of my mouth was, Am I gonna die? Is it all over my body? And um, so I went back in calmly, worked the rest of the night till nine o'clock at night and I didn't call my family till 10 and so that's when my journey began but prior to my diagnosis I I had it in my head that my life was driven by my career and by my education and so that's all I focused on that's all I focused on and it wasn't until I got sick that my life was not about education and it wasn't about my career and so spiritually, I, it was that awakening and that moment that my calling was to be that bridge to connect our two worlds. Because we speak so differently in our Native, not just culturally language, but how we understand the medical world. And the medical world has a difficult time communicating with us. Um, Because I can remember sitting in graduate school and and billing and talking to some CEOs of a hospital and they're like, Tessie, we want to hire you. And I I told them, I said, you know, it's so difficult being bridging that gap. And, you know, from my education, from my experience, I feel like I have the skills to be able to talk to that elder who was just recently diagnosed with colon cancer. And you know, our Indian men have such a hard time talking about these things and not knowing. And I've always said we don't know what to ask, we don't know how to ask, and we don't know who to ask. And so a lot of people just, like, stumble through the medical world and not really knowing mm-hmm. what these pathology reports, what these mean, what does this, what's going to happen. And so that's when my journey began. And I've always been a social worker all my life. I thought I was going to go into land buyback, work for the government, and get out of social work. But I suddenly found I was listening to people's stories all across Indian country. And it wasn't even about land. And it was just about their life, their mental health, their families. And so I'm like, now I've just consented that um, this is my calling and this is what I'll do.
0: We are talking with Tesha Hawley today. She is up in Fort Belknap, Montana. She is a 2023 awardee from CNN. Take a short break and we'll be right back. From the Pacific Northwest to the Southeast, native people historically built winter homes or used various materials to winterize existing homes. In the cold expanse of the Arctic, igloos are still constructed in some areas, despite access to modern housing. We'll talk with people who carry on the traditional knowledge of building winter homes on the next Native America Calling.
5: The Association on American Indian Affairs welcomes all to Tribal Museums Day, December 2nd through the 10th. Tribal museums may offer no cost or reduced admission, art markets, and cultural demonstrations. Tribal Museums Day honors Native nations as the experts of their diverse cultures. A map of tribal museums and more is available at indian-affairs.org slash tribalmuseumsday. The Association on American Indian Affairs supports this show.
0: Thank you for listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. We're speaking with Tesha Hawley today about how her fight with breast cancer inspired her to help others. Are you a cancer survivor or do you have a family member who currently is struggling with cancer? Do you have a question or a comment for Tesha? us a call 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. And a reminder, you can listen back to this show and past shows on all major podcast platforms, such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And you can listen to other types of native programming by downloading the NV1 app on your smart device. And Tesha, before we went to break, listening to you describe just how challenging it is uh, when receiving a cancer diagnosis. And I know that uh, my brother-in-law, uh lost uh, a battle with cancer earlier this year, and, and when I talked to my sister, she talked about just how challenging it was, like what you described, dealing with the doctors and dealing with the hospitals and and, and just not being familiar with all of the, the medical terminology and insurance issues. There was just so much to deal with, and she just couldn't imagine how other people would deal with that, with, with the challenges. So, obviously, you've started this foundation, Day Eagle Hope Project, with just $250, you started that with, with a dream and $250. And now here you are a CNN hero of 2023. You've done all this amazing work. So tell us more about Day Eagle Hope Project and how you're able to help other people that are going through this battle with cancer, which is just so challenging on so many levels, not just the health and the emotional aspect, but financially and, and all these other issues that people have to deal with.
4: Well, so we started out with, um, initially just, it was, Initially, we just I started out with breast cancer, and because I'm a breast cancer survivor, uh, but I suddenly realized we have many, many tribal members that have been diagnosed with cancer, whether it's colon cancer, um, prostate cancer, uterine cancer, and so all of the cancers, um, and I, you know, started coming up, and so we've expanded not just to breast cancer, but all types of cancer, and. Um, we started out with, uh, giving individuals gift cards and those gift cards could be used for gas, hotels, food, whatever that individual needed because, um, our chemo treatment centers, cancer centers are so far from our home. And so we've been able to do that. We've helped individuals with hotels. Um, we've helped, I've helped ladies who have not had a breast prosthesis in 30 years and so we were able to purchase some of those and chemicals, and just being able to to listen and to try to answer questions that people may have and getting resources to them. Um, it wasn't until COVID that there was a shift in, in, in my thought process but also I ignored Um, our cultural values and without food and water we have nothing and so through COVID um, Hopa Mountain reached out to me and said Tesha we have some funding Um, and that's when I started a food pantry and you know keep in mind everything that I have is nothing fancy um my tribe donated me an old retired cop car. <laughs> and...
0: I saw that in the video. Yes. <laughs> and it's
4: so funny because people think I'm a cop, but anyhow, um we, <laughs> well, wait a second, I... Here's here, I'm
0: uh-huh. sorry, here's what I think is interesting. When when we were working <laughs> together with Land Buyback, you were driving like a hot rod challenger. Do you remember that car you had? It yeah, you were, I and I was like, wait it. a second. I know Testa drives a hot rod. Child. What's she doing? And it's got a res car bumpers. <laughs> She's totally gone salt of the earth here. But no, it uh, sounds like you just made like a complete, like, it's not just, it's like your whole perspective on life. It seems like in your values, everything has, has just really changed as a part of all this. But, but I'm sorry, keep going. Keep, I'm, I'm, I'm listening.
4: Well, and so you know we go back our, as Indian people we've always taken care of our 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 people and we've always helped out and you know through through time things have changed for us but really we're I'm doing the work that was meant to be done by our you know our ancestors prayed for these days long long ago and so I just went back to the basics back to my morals, my values, and my ethics—what I was raised with. So, you know, I—I I do everything with nothing, if that makes sense, right? So, I, my old cop car, I delivered door to door during COVID over 1,500 bags of food. Um, not only with food, but cleaning supplies and medicines, because our tribe shut down. Um, nobody could come in. Nobody could go out. Um, we're in a food desert anyway, so I purchased. I got a five thousand dollar grant from the state of Montana. I purchased this um, this uh, what do you like an old not an old rail car, but a, a a tin building, and that's all my food was in. And so I went out, and my kids would help me deliver. We'd knock on doors, throw the bag down, and then run back to our car during COVID. And now I kind of laugh about it, but really that is essentially what we were doing and people would like be looking at us through their windows right and so um from that we have expanded so much because food and water is the highest gift of honor that you could give someone and i'm always my growing up with next to my grandmother she would always be preparing meals and foods for people that came and i would be like why do we do that, Grandma? And then she would say, well, you know, long ago, people would have to come in and buy horseback or their wagons long distances. You treat them with the highest respect. You give them the best gifts. You feed them. And so we've always that's always been instilled in me. And so I just took a step back and, and really regrounded myself. And that's how our food um, has come into play here. And so since from them, we deliver. We serve about 500 families a month. Um, we get semi loads of fresh produce out of the state of California through the Montana Food Bank, and that's how we deliver our food. Um, most recently, I just wrote a two million dollar grant on behalf of our tribe because only tribes were eligible. So in the next two years, we'll be getting in our um, we'll be getting monthly. We'll be purchasing uh, all local, organic, fresh, locally grown cattle, um, you know, fruits and vegetables, but most importantly, uh, culturally, going back, we've um, networked with Where Your Meats out of Northern Cheyenne, Sharon Small with People's Partners of Economic Development. She's also a nonprofit organization, and they have a mobile slaughter unit, and so we bring them up here, and we harvest seven buffalo every trip that they come. And so, you know, because our tribe owns close to 2,000 head of buffalo, and so, you know, our buffalo are doing what they're supposed to be doing, and that, and that's feeding our people and taking care of them. So I'm really proud of that. Uh, it's a long, long, hard process, but we get through it every time. Um, just because of we have to get around the USDA, Um, requirements, and then the shipping and the trucking. There's a lot to it, but we've made it work. And so not only am I into food sovereignty, I'm also a therapist in the Harlem schools. I work for Yellowstone Boys and Girls Ranch. Um, So I provide therapy to uh, children, youth under our age, grades 7 through 12. And I most recently uh, got recertified. I'm an Egala equine certified horse therapist. And so we've, we've helped oh, about 50 youth that went through our program. And, you know, because the needs are so great in our community, it's hard to just stop right there with just say we're just going to do cancer because this, all of this affects the whole family unit. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm a strong advocate in helping our, our individuals that are addicted to drugs and alcohol and getting them the services that they need as well so we I do a lot a, a lot in all the areas
0: <laughs> You sure do Tasha and in the midst of all of these different priorities you also work part time you, you drive a school bus there in the community
4: <laughs> Well I have laugh, <laughs> but like I've had my CDL and S endorsement for I don't know 20 some years uh, and I kept it quiet from the school because I'm like man they're just going to use me every day and finally I, I consented because our kids were not getting to school and without our kids being into school, then they're not learning. And so I'm like, okay, here's my CDL use me as, as, as a last resort. And then lately I've been the last resort every week, which I don't mind. And how crazy this is, is like driving the school bus is my favorite job right now. <laughs> and so, you know, it just, it just, it's. I talk about lack of transportation, and this is a true picture of transportation and lack of. And so I try to help bridge that gap and help the school out and because there's a shortage of bus drivers as well.
0: Wow. Now with Day Eagle Hope Project, do you have uh, anybody helping you? Do you have any part-time staff, or, or do you do most of these projects on your own?
4: I do. I do. I don't do this work alone. Um, I'm not, there are no full-time paid salaried employees of Day Eagle Hope because I don't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't generate enough revenue to fund a full-time position. And so all the money that I get immediately goes back out into our community for services. And Mm -hmm. it's why I hope someday that I could work full-time for my nonprofit. I'm just not there yet. And so when I'm out delivering food, uh, supplies, it's all volunteer by our community. And that's what I love the most is I, for example, in my community, I posted on social media, one of our cancer survivors, she needed a washer and dryer. And I had a washer and dryer within 10 minutes for her. And it was donations from our community locally. And that's what's so fulfilling for me. And you know, our kids, our kids donate their time. My own children have have had to donate their time and volunteer to make this work.
0: Hmm. Tasha, what I find so amazing here is that I feel like so many communities need a person like you or an effort or an organization like yours. That is just, yeah. The the original mission is about cancer survivors and helping families, but just providing just. Picking up the slack, right? Just somebody needs help with a washer and dryer. Somebody needs a ride somewhere. Somebody needs needs food at the at the home, and and you're able to do all. You're able to to bring those services to the community and the the buffalo uh, harvesting that was shown on the CNN video. And of course, they show you driving around in the in the old Indian cop car. That's in the video, and then you're also giving. Um, uh, there's a There's a woman in a video that that you're helping you're taking her to, to her appointments and you're helping her with her current struggle so how much of 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 Day Eagle Hope project is also just directed towards towards cancer people and, and and some of those challenges
4: i I would say that our work is all evenly distributed you know because i'm I'm working with cancer survivors I'm working with food sovereignty i'm working with our youth. So all of that is kind of evenly spread out. One one area is not given more attention um, just because there's only one me, right? So there's only so much I can do in a, in a day. Um, but hopefully in the next few months or a year, we're going to be able to generate enough revenue to hire people so we can expand our services. Because, you know, right now I work a full-time job and I go home and I work on nights and weekends literally writing grants and uh, seeking funding and figuring out what our next steps are going to be, figuring out how we're going to build a food uh, food distribution center because our local commodity program with our tribe got shut down because of black mold and the building structure is not safe, the electrical problems are huge. and so they had to move out and into a community center which takes away from our community activities and so, my priority is to build a, uh, a food so we, can be, so we can become a major food distribution center in here in north-central Montana, not just for our reservation, but from Rocky Boy all the way to Fort Peck because we live in such a food desert.
0: Let's take a caller now. We have Chanupa who's listening up in Pine Ridge on Keeley. Hello, Chanupa.
6: Hey, thank you guys for taking my call after a number of uh, attempts last week and whatnot. Um, you know, back to that question about this young lady saying she um, beat cancer. I had two cancer uh, recipients in my family. They both left me, my sister Norma Rose Janice and my baby brother Calvin Lynn Martin. And when they were diagnosed with this um illness, it, it went to their head and your body's full of white cancer cells it just takes something to ignite it but as long as our brain is polluted by the way western culture does things, that's when the death occurs now on the eve of Thanksgiving just a few days back, a house fire caught fire in this grandmother that was disabled and guess what, she was a cancer patient all right and she was raising two of her grandkids how can our tribe not see this and she mentioned this young lady mentioned about land buyback those people are all over here in pine ridge okay and elsewhere within the state of south dakota no offense to them but because they work for the security why did they not see the grandmother and those two grandkids Mm. house burning so Chinooka, as an act of defense, I stepped up and blocked the whole traffic in my car. And there were some guys that went by and other passersby seen it, too. So I kicked that door in and went in there and saved that grandma and the two little ones. Thanks to my tribal council representatives, they placed her in our casino. A fire is like a cancer, people. But those are the things we don't want to talk about. We want to talk about all these curry recorded issues that make... You know, complexity, the issue. Well, I'm, I'm against that stuff. Why? Because we have this saying, which is true. You're never going to get that from the great mystery or the Mother Earth that we walk upon. And those are our medicines. The same with what she was mentioning about our Tatanka Oyate. We Lakota people come from the Buffalo Nation. And I wanted to share that with you today, uh, Sean, because I did all last week try to get on the show. But unfortunately, it didn't happen. And maybe it was meant to be. I, I could care less. But those are the real issues that's going on in Indian country. America is a cancer. And people need to acknowledge that when they really talk about real important issues. Thank you for taking my call. And I will be listening again tomorrow, and I'm going to listen in to continue. And thank you, young lady, for beating it. Had they not polluted my baby sister and my baby brother, both of them would still be here. And thank you for that fight. Keep it up. My prayers are with you. What your work is doing, I do it here independently, me and my dog soldiers here on Pine Ridge. Thank you again, Sean, for taking my call.
0: Chanupa, we appreciate you, brother. And I'm glad we're able to get you on the show today. And um, we come back after this break. I'm going to ask Tesha Hawley to, to comment on Chanupa's words, because it sounds like there are um, many Native communities where there are, are, is a lack of, of services and just a lack of awareness with regard to the needs of cancer patients. So folks, stay with us, and we'll be right back.
5: Lakota-made indigenous first medicines and eco-friendly personal care products are small batch prepared in the Lakota traditions using sustainably harvested natural and organic ingredients and all can be found at LakotaMade.com who support this show. Does your club, institution, or other group need custom-branded apparel? A wide variety of T-shirts, hoodies, and much more. All custom-printed or embroidered are available from NativeScreenPrinting.com, a division of Sky Screen Printing who support this program.
0: You're listening to native America calling still time to call in with a question or comment for top 10 CNN hero of 2023, Tesha Holly. She's up in Fort Belknap and let's take another caller. Now, Wesley, who's also in Fort Belknap listening on KGVA. Welcome to the show, Wesley.
7: Thank you. Uh I'm a Madagwabi. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Um, I have a comment for Tesha. I just wanted to thank her for everything she does for our community and for inspiring me. Uh, my daughter, Gichita Zewia, warrior woman, was diagnosed with liver cancer around the same time Tesha was diagnosed with uh, breast cancer. And uh, watching Tesha work has inspired me to uh, to try to raise awareness for childhood cancer, for everything my daughter went through. My daughter was seven months old at the time. When she was diagnosed with liver cancer, she was 8 months old when she first had poison pumped into her body, 10 months old when she had 60% of her liver removed. But this uh, poison, this chemo that she received, I was told, was uh, developed in the late 60s, early 70s for grown adult bodies, and they are pumping it into my baby at at 7 months old. When I asked them why this is all we had, that's when they told me, or where this is their only option, that's when they told me that childhood cancer research was under 4%. So Tesha kind of inspired me by her work to try to get childhood cancer awareness out. Um, we do it with, our, we put on MMA fights and my daughter, she's, um, she's kind of the, uh, the face of it all. She's well known throughout the world in the fight community uh, for, for being a warrior for fighting cancer. And it's all, you know, inspired through Tesha. And I just, you know, I want to thank her. I sent her a couple of messages and I'll thank her in person as well. But, I, you know, I, I never call in here, I always listen. And Tesha even inspired me to call. So I want to thank you, Tesha.
0: <laughs> That's good to hear that, Wesley. Tesha, feel free to respond to Wesley.
4: Yes, I, you know, I distinctly remember when I got diagnosed, um, Wesley's little, his, his little sweet, precious baby was diagnosed with cancer and i'm like oh my god we're going through the same thing and i knew the cancer, i knew the chemo was hard so i was always pray for her because we got diagnosed around the same time you know and so i always prayed for them in private and and just asked the creator to give give us the strength because you know he was a single parent and having to go, they had to go much farther than me. They had treatments in Seattle and so they were displaced and Wes was displaced from his children. And I know, I know how hard that is for our kids. We, we forget about their feelings and their needs and their wants and you know, this cancer just, it, it, it's, it, it affects the whole community and the whole family and not not just the individual suffering, but also our family. But I knew we just keep praying that things would get better, and, and they have gotten better for the both of us.
0: Oh, wow. Well, Tesha, listening to to Wesley describe uh, what his family has gone through, listening to our other caller, Chanupa, describe some of the challenges there in Pine Ridge. And like I mentioned before break, there just seems like in many communities there just aren't the services and other programs available to assist cancer patients and, and their families, and and what are you hearing from people in other tribes beyond Montana, beyond the Dakotas? Are are people reaching out to you in other parts of Indian Country and just asking you for resources, asking you for information, asking you for inspiration?
4: Um, you know, they are. I i my my children are enrolled to tribal members, and and I've been, you know, and I've upheld my mission with the Day Eagle Hope Project, because Day Eagle is named after my daughter. That's her, uh, her Chippewa Cree name is Day Eagle Woman now. And so I try to connect my resources with them, bringing them food to their communities as well. Uh, but you know, like I said, I just haven't had time to devote my 100% to my nonprofit, but it, it is my intentions to go out into Indian communities. And I, I love my tribe, I, I love, I love our people, but, you know, we're an IRA tribe as well. And so we've had been forced to adopt a constitution. And I always say that our tribe is too systemic and they can't make change, even if they wanted to. And But I do, I respect our tribal leaders. They have a big, big job to try to, uh, you know, solve so many problems with limited funding. But this is where the nonprofit world comes in, is that we're able to do grassroots movements. We're able to get checks issued that same day. Um, you know, I have an awesome board of three members, two of them tribal members, and the other uh, member is a non-Indian, but she's a nurse and he, she grew up in our community. And they're so supportive in everything that I do. And that's why we're so successful. We don't have all the red tape to jump over. We don't have the politics. We don't have all of that. Mm-hmm. and. We just need to get back to our cultural roots and values, and that first and foremost is we are what we eat. And we could get rid of a lot of health disparities if we had access to quality food, because there's so much cancer, carcinogens in our in our atmosphere, in the, in the cans that our food's prepared and stored in, and you know, all, all of that. And all I can say is, you know, Wes, he has his own organization, And he's getting that word out because he's passionate about it. And in order to do this work, you have to have compassion and you have to be passionate about it. And you have to do this work non-paid.
0: Well, the food, uh, the fact that you folks are able to provide healthy food options for so many people is just a huge, huge, huge uh, service and, and benefit there for the community. And Tesha, I, I know you had to drive a long ways, and that was, was part of your story is how you would drive 200 miles each way to get treatment there in Billings. And are, are folks that, you're, that your cancer patients that you're assisting, are they still having to make that long haul back and forth to Billings to get their treatments as well?
4: Yes, it's, it's not only um, Billings, but it's also Great Falls. We have a tribal member up there now. Um, she's having to stay up there just because to just because be closer to the resources. But, you know, even myself, um, you know, I'm open to talk about my... I'm, I'm dealing with some other issues as well. Uh, I just came back from Billings um, from a doctor's appointment with the OBGYN. Um, because of the Tamamoxifen that I was taking... Right. So like you have to pick the lesser of two evils and uh, the side effects from the cancer meds cause thickening in my uterus. And so they were concerned about cancer there, but I got an awesome report from the doctor. I don't have no cancerous cells. However, tomorrow I'll be heading back to Billings for an MRI on my liver. Um, They see some cysts on there, but I'm just keeping my faith in the creator that Uh, I had a doctor tell me that, you know, these cysts are common. um, So I'm just leaning on that. But it's the pure torture of of waiting and wondering and not knowing and waiting for lab results. It's been a a struggle. And, you know, just the distances, you know, thank God I have a car that I can get in and drive myself, but a lot of people don't. And it's a struggle, you know, even my nonprofit struggles with transportation. But hopefully when I win that $100,000, i am going to have a nice vehicle to haul people around in.
0: <laughs> there you go. There you go, Tesha. You shouldn't have gotten rid of that ch- that challenger you had. <laughs> but, you you know, you raise an interesting point, too, because I, I know a lot of families also, it's not just a transportation, but sometimes they have to stay in these cities for, for days or weeks at a time. And there's a cost there. They might need housing. They might need shelter.
4: Mm-hmm. My, my dream is for all of our tribes in Montana to get together and purchase a home, that we could turn it into an Airbnb, that our tribal members would have a place place to stay while they're getting treatment. That's my dream. That's my goal. And, and we could do it as tribes if we all worked together and pooled our resources. Mm-hmm
0: tesha, if you think of everything that you've gone through so far, the treatment and just uh the the trips to to screenings and various appointments and all the work that you've done now with day eagle hope project what do you think is um is your guiding force is it is it your family is it community is it a is it faith what what do you think's really just keeping you going tesha through throughout so much and you've got so many you're juggling so many plates right now, but you're doing it so well, and uh, and you're just you're just full of inspiration. You're full of hope. You're full of confidence. What where's this coming from, Tesha?
4: Well, I was raised by a single single mother on the reservation on a ranch, so you can imagine all those
7: mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: life lessons of being responsible for cattle and horses. And you know, my mom has always my mother's 82 years old. She still goes to work eight to five. She's worked for our tribe over 50 years and she's instilled into us that we work and we work hard and we, you know, we don't ask for help and we don't do this. We do these things on our own, but from a very small age, I knew I was going to be a social worker, but now it's, this is my calling. This is what I've been spiritually called to do because, you know, just last night and it wasn't by coincidence. I called up one of my friends. I was asking her about some grants and, at that moment in time, she had lost her brother to suicide. So there I was. I was meant to be there. And so I was there with her last night. And so all of these things, this is this is what the Creator has meant for me to do. And that's how I can keep doing this work. And that's why I keep doing this work, because I'm. this is my calling in life.
0: Now, your background in therapy and social work... That that's got to just be a huge benefit as well, especially when you're dealing with folks that are struggling with some of these issues. And and are you able to do that as well? Provide some a little bit of counseling or some guidance beyond just you know the the rides and the food and some of the more tangible benefits?
4: Yeah, yeah, yes, I am. You know, and it's taken a lifelong lessons. You know, I've had people. You know, our tribe suffered a suicide. Um, epidemic a couple of years ago, and I was at every suicide. Um, you know, I was helping people plan funerals. I was giving eulogies at funerals. And um, it, it, it's it's been difficult, but I want our youth to see that there is hope and that every Indigenous youth can They're the answers to all of these issues we're dealing with, but they're just never given that chance to have that voice and to be heard. And so I always empower them every day to speak up to, you know, and I include them. And and that's so important is our youth, because right now our youth are being faced with so many negative outside things that are just, you know, messing with their minds and their thoughts and leading them down really destructive patterns and behaviors. And so, I'm I'm staying true to my culture and my roots and our my values and my beliefs.
2: You're
0: such an inspiration, Tasha, and it's just been so great having you on the show. We're, we're starting to wind down here. We got a couple minutes, but I I want to go back to CNN. And remind us again, when is the big convening in New York City, and and, and what else is what else has to go <laughs> before they make this final decision with regard to who will be the number one hero of twenty twenty three? However, they f- make that determination, I don't know, but but what are you waiting on?
4: Well, the decision is December, uh, so now it's not in the hands of anyone in CNN, right? So now it's up to the world to vote who they're most inspired by or whoever they want to support. But, you know, like I said, I'm going to be the same person as I am today come January 1. <laughs> you know, whatever happens will happen. Um, you know, I'm already a CNN hero. That's good enough for me. Um and it, it really, it's, it's its more exposure to those individuals that want to give to our causes because the other top 10, they have some amazing stories of work that they're doing in their communities. It, it's so inspirational to me. I swear I'm going to go to Ghana and help them with their mobile health unit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Tesha, for somebody listening to the show right now who might be struggling with a cancer diagnosis, what do you want to say to that person?
4: I wanna to say to them that to never lose faith and always have hope, but also remind them that we are so far in the medical world with cancer treatment and it really, cancer is about statistics. My my oncologist had a PhD in statistics, right? So they, they're looking at all the statistics, what's the best treatment for this individual with this diagnosis and just to know that There is a large network of people out there and they're not alone. They are so not alone. We're all, we're just a phone call away. I have a lot of volunteers that would love to visit with people. And, but most importantly is to pray and leave it in our creator's hands because ultimately thats it's his plan, not ours.
0: And Tesha, your children, um, I, I know you have several kids. What are you folks talking about at the dinner table?
4: Um, well, my my son's 20 now. And he lives on his own. My daughter's 16, and what we talk about the table is grades before basketball. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Still,
4: you know, we live in as Indian people. We live for basketball, but m- me, most importantly, I'm really, really talk to my daughter about um, her academic academics, and but most importantly is how she carries her herself is a reflection of us as a family and. And that's what I tell our kids, like, you're representing your family. Represent them well and be proud of who you are. We try not to talk about all the other stuff because we live it.
0: (laughs) Right, right. I can just imagine. Well, Tesha... I want to thank you again for coming on the show, and it's been a few years since we've had a chance to talk, so it's just great to get reacquainted with you. And again, congratulations on this fantastic honor and award top 10 CNN hero of 2023. Tesha, please, uh, just just stay, stay awesome like you are and keep inspiring. Will you do that for us?
4: Yes, thank you, Son, and thanks to everyone
0: absolutely absolutely we're gonna have to wrap up the show now but again big thanks to our guest today tesha holly and i hope you'll join us here on native america calling again tomorrow we'll be looking at traditional forms of winter housing in native communities from the southeastern part of the country all the way to the arctic until then i'm your host sean spruce
4: OCO, keep your family healthy and strong. Open enrollment for Medicare and the marketplace is here. Make sure you and your loved ones are covered. For more information, contact your Indian healthcare care provider. Visit healthcare.gov or call 1 800 318 2596. A message from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services.
5: Support provided by Amerind. Amerind is 100% tribally owned and partners with tribes and their businesses to provide affordable commercial insurance coverage, protect tribal sovereignty, and strengthen Native American communities by helping to keep dollars in Indian country. Information about property, liability, commercial auto, and workers' comp available at amerind.com. That's A M E R I N D.com.